that was one of the things that I, I, I think is really important to remember is that dementia isn't a normal part of ageing. Yes, I think we just assume it's inevitable, right? Exactly, but it doesn't have to be. It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Can a regular exercise habit reduce your risk of dementia? There's been some really exciting findings from good quality research published recently about the link between physical activity and dementia. So we thought we'd have a look at this today. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you've got your voice back and you're sounding yes. excellent, not so croaky Marge Simpson. Not yeah. <laughs> Dollar Store Marge Simpson was my, <laughs> how, how I was feeling uh, how I was feeling last week. I, will, I may well have a coughing fit, but uh, through the power of editing, Gab will make that go away. Um <laughs> But yes, thank you, and uh, and it's lovely to be back. Awesome. Well, Doctor, can you start off by explaining to us what dementia actually is? Yeah, it's and and I think that's a it's a big question. Um, dementia describes a collection of symptoms caused by disorders affecting the brain. So there is no one specific disease called dementia. Okay. Um, dementia is a condition that can affect your thinking, your memory, your behaviour. Brain function is affected enough to then interfere with someone's normal social or working life. So that's it's it's when the symptoms start to interfere with your day to day living is is when that diagnosis may come about. Right. And I think it's also really important to know that no two people experience dementia in the same way. So your dementia and my dementia hopefully will never happen, but <laughs> they could look very very different on each of us. Something that's that comes up quite a bit is the term Alzheimer's, and I've always wondered. If, is there a difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? I think of dementia as, as the umbrella term and Alzheimer's is one of the four most common types of dementia that we see. Look, I think oftentimes we do use those terms interchangeably, mm. but they're not exactly exactly the same. Um, we'll have a look at the four main types of, of dementia that we see in Australia, particularly focusing on Alzheimer's and vascular dementia because I think ultimately these are the these are the forms of dementia where we know that lifestyle plays a huge role. So anyone can develop Alzheimer's disease, but it is more common in older age. Genetics, lifestyle, and health factors are associated with an increased risk of developing dementia or Alzheimer's dementia. There are some cases where Alzheimer's is considered inherited through a genetic mutation called familial Alzheimer's disease, and and we might see symptoms occurring in much younger people. You know. In their, in their 50s, even sometimes younger than that. But generally speaking, Alzheimer's dementia is not considered inherently genetic yeah. and, uh, and it really can occur to in, in absolutely any of us. It's really not known why some people develop it and others don't, but we know that lifestyle and general health plays a huge part. So the factors that can contribute to the development of Alzheimer's includes physical inactivity, a lack of mental exercise, but oh. also the big ticket items like smoking, obesity, diabetes, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. And I think particularly when we're thinking about diabetes, cholesterol and blood pressure, it's it's more problematic in, in those patients that either haven't been diagnosed or have really you know, poor control of their of their sugars, cholesterol and and uh, and blood pressure. So 
this is where, again, you know, there are lifestyle factors and there are modifiable factors that can reduce the likelihood that we become one of the uh, one of the population that develops Alzheimer's. Okay. All right. So the other big one that I think is also really important to think about is something called vascular dementia. Yeah, because you've, you've mentioned this a few times on the pod and I've always gone, hmm, yep. I mean to ask her what that is one day. And <laughs> Today's and the day. <laughs> today is the day. Look, as, uh, as the name implies, vascular dementia is a form of dementia that essentially causes brain damage from restriction of blood flow to the brain. Oh. So it affects someone's thinking skills, so such as their ability to reason, plan, their judgment and their attention. And, and it can result in changes in skills and abilities that, that can, again, like we talked about with the kind of the overall definition of dementia, interfere with daily social or work functioning. Yep. So often vascular dementia can occur alongside Alzheimer's disease, which is why, you know, it can be difficult to, uh, to tease these two apart. But vascular dementia is different in that it is caused by problems with the blood vessels. It could be a consequence of a single large stroke or it could be the consequence of multiple smaller strokes, or even from untreated high blood pressure or diabetes leading to vascular disease in the small blood vessels deep within the brain. So ultimately the location and size of the brain damage determines what brain functions are affected in vascular dementia. But it is different to Alzheimer's dementia, but you absolutely can see an overlap between the two forms. Okay. Two other reasonably common forms of dementia that we see in Australia, which I'll just make mention of. One is something called Lewy body disease. And this is a very distinct form of dementia caused by the buildup of a protein called alpha-synuclein in the brain. Alpha-synuclein. Yes. And again, this is something that we don't fully understand, but the deposition of this protein in, in specific areas of the brain can cause changes in movement, thinking and behaviour. And so this Lewy body disease really has three overlapping disorders that are underneath that umbrella term. So there's the the pure dementia side of things, so dementia with Lewy bodies. Yep. But this is also linked to Parkinson's disease and Parkinson's disease dementia. Okay. All through that alpha-synuclein de- deposition in the brain. Okay. And the last one that I just wanted to make mention of is frontotemporal dementia. So frontotemporal dementia causes progressive damage to either or both the frontal or the temporal lobes of the brain. And this can have a really significant impact on behavior, personality, language, and movement. Interestingly, with uh, with frontotemporal dementia, the memory is often not as affected. And so I think we often think of dementia as being, you know, a loss yeah. of memory. Yeah, absolutely. But this will often present more with behavioral changes, particularly in the early stages. And it's more commonly diagnosed in younger people than vascular dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, I would often associate dementia in, almost entirely with um, with a, a loss of memory or yeah. unable to kind of pinpoint certain memories in time. Um, but that's really interesting that this one mm, is frontotemporal. Yeah, doesn't may have not that. always present exactly how we how we expect. Yeah, wow. So, how common is dementia? You did mention that for some types of dementia, you know, there there could be a familial, you know, hereditary kind of um, inheritance yeah. there. But but is it hereditary, and and how common is it? We know that genes will play a role, but strictly, it's it's not considered a an, you know absolutely a hereditary condition in most in most cases. Okay. So it kind of depends on the combination of your age, your genes, your health, 
and your lifestyle. Um, so for, for people who are over the age of 65, dementia affects about one in 10 people, but that number jumps up to about three in 10 by the time we're 85 years of age. And uh, and obviously, as we said before, younger people can develop dementia and, and that's perhaps more often associated with uh, with familial types of dementia, um, but it is certainly less common in, in folks under the age of 65. Okay. And so um, what are some of the symptoms or challenges of dementia? You've mentioned quite a few, but, you know, what could be some of the things to... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the things the things to be aware of. You're, you're right. Memory loss is is a big ticket item for for a lot of patients with dementia, but also you know issues with planning and problem solving and difficulty completing just everyday tasks. Um, they might find that they begin you know becoming confused about their the, the time of day or or where they are so their time or place yep. um they might have trouble understanding what we see so they might not you know might be holding their mobile phone but think it's a calculator or a book right. um and have a poorer sense of things like distances depth and space sort of spatial awareness in their surroundings um sometimes speech can be affected writing and comprehension can be affected um might be misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace their steps so i think we all forget where we've left our keys yeah but normally we can go all right so hang on i came in from the car i had the shopping i put the bags down oh that's right okay so the keys are on that table yeah Whereas in, in dementia, being able to retrace those steps is, is something that becomes exceedingly difficult. Yeah. And that can sometimes be associated with poor judgment, withdrawing from work and social activities and, and general changes in mood and personality. Okay. Are there any, I guess, early warning signs that we might be able to look out for, um, you know, as, as we start to age? That's an excellent question that I think is actually really difficult to answer because I think that sometimes these early warning signs are really only apparent in hindsight. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the onset The signs of, were there, but I just yeah. didn't. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, the onset of Alzheimer's is usually, you know, it's really gradual. This is not, you don't, you don't wake up with full-blown dementia from Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, it, it, it happens really insidiously. Um, and so it can be really difficult to pinpoint when it begins, but someone might appear a bit more apathetic, um, have kind of lost interest in the things that previously gave them joy, yep. um, be becoming less willing to try new things and maybe less able to adapt to changes that they're presented with, um, can become slower to grasp complex ideas and take longer to do routine jobs becoming a bit more forgetful, sometimes more disoriented. So similar to those, you know, that list of symptoms that I discussed earlier, um, you know, they might find it that they get really irritable much more easily than they maybe used to or have had a little bit more difficulty managing their finances or, you know, doing their shopping or preparing meals. Everything just feels a little bit harder. Yep. So, it's like, as you can see from, from these lists of, you know, symptoms and potential um, early warning signs, they're very nonspecific and they yeah. could indicate, you know, completely different conditions aside from, from dementia. You know, it could be the onset of a depressive episode. Um, there are certain nutritional deficiencies or thyroid dysfunction or other neurological conditions that could present in a very similar way. So often the diagnosis comes over time rather than being something that you can easily spot 
Yes, like, you know, heading to the doctor today for an appointment to say these things are happening, what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I uh, mean, if you were if you're just, you know, ultimately think of think of our own lives when you and I do not have dementia, but there will be times when tasks just do feel really yes. difficult to yeah. do. Or there'll be days that you'll you know, you'll go into the supermarket three times before you actually get everything that you intended to get that day. Yep. And that doesn't mean that we have dementia. It probably just means that we're very tired and T- need a rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. But I can see the difficulty in diagnosing something like this because, yeah, you know, thinking about feeling more apathetic or just mm. losing interest in your, your hobbies and activities. I mean, yeah, yeah, like being irritable, all those things could be me on a daily basis, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and patients, particularly in the early stages of dementia, can have good days and bad days. So you might think that you've kind of spotted some of these early signs or symptoms and then they'll just be completely like their usual self for another week. Yes. And you're like, oh, oh okay. I was just, I was no, just having a funny I was day. Just, yeah, yeah, just having a funny day or, or you know, your, your your parents were just having a funny day and it wasn't actually the onset of anything. Um, so it's, yeah, it's tricky. Okay. And so in terms of diagnosis, uh, would, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a matter of getting into the habit of setting up a good relationship with your GP, yes. seeing, seeing them regularly, kind of keeping on top of these things like your blood pressure, your, your sugar levels, all that kind of stuff, just to, and, your, and your lifestyle, um, yep. just to kind of make sure that I guess if these things do start to pop up, you know, it's it's not being left untreated. That's right. And I think often it is it is others that will identify these very subtle changes in behaviour. Right. Yep. So it might be that your GP starts to notice changes in your behavior because you're, you know, you're losing scripts more often or you're failing to turn up to appointments when you were always someone that would turn up. Yes. Or it might be that uh, that particularly it's very often family members or, or colleagues and friends that just start to notice these really subtle changes over time. Yep. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a diagnosis that's not easy to come by. Damn. Well, interestingly, there is a little bit of hope in this. Yes. This is not, it's not an episode of all the doom and gloom things that can happen with uh, cognitive decline. Um, we did find some incredible and very recent um, data, mm. actually, uh, which with some really exciting findings about the relationship between exercise and dementia or physical activity and, and dementia, um, uh, which was – it just made me feel so much better. <laughs> yes. Like, sometimes you do worry about these things. You go, I'm trying to do the best I can, but also I can't prevent everything. Oh, you exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. But, but if there are some things I can control, then that makes me feel a little bit less terrified. All right. So lay some science on me, Gab. I will. So there's a great article in The Guardian recently that caught my eye. The headline was Step on It. Walking is good for health, but walking faster is even better, a study finds. So this study counted steps in relation to health outcomes, and it monitored the daily step counts of nearly 80,000 UK residents who were wearing wearable trackers over a period of two years. 80,000 mm-hmm. is a good number a, of people. Yeah, that's a N equals 80K is a happy number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it gets better, actually. There's, there's more studies with even more people. Um, so seven years after this tracking was done, this t- tracking over two years, seven years later, researchers looked at the health outcomes of the participants and the results showed that by walking 10,000 steps a day, you could lower your risk of dementia by about 50%. Woohoo! Yes. And, and also, just as a little fun side note, uh, for cardiovascular di- disease and cancer, you'd be lowering it between 30 to 40%. Huge. It's huge. Huge. Uh, They also found that a higher number of daily steps was linked to a lower risk of all-cause dementia. That risk was reduced by 25% 
with as few as 3,800 steps a day. So obviously you're still getting benefits, um, but not as much if you're mm. doing fewer steps. So it's it's dose dependent. Yes. So, you know, that's some pretty exciting findings to show that there's a link between walking more and reducing your risk of dementia or, you know, moving more and reducing your risk of dementia. But I wonder, you know, like what if you hate walking as a form of exercise or, you know, we're heading into um, La Nina 3.0 no, or whatever yeah, it is. Of course we are. And, and, and getting yep. outside for a walk in the drenching rain is possibly not mm. going to be a fun summer activity. Yeah. Um, you know, are there other types of exercise that you can do which will give you the same health outcomes? And the answer is a resounding Yes. Literally just in the last week, there was a great article from the New York Times called What Types of Exercise Reduce Dementia Risk? Now, this article looked at three major long-term studies that looked at the types, intensities, and durations of physical activity that provide the most overall protection against dementia. And long story short, regular physical activity in many forms plays a substantial role in decreasing the risk of developing dementia. So the first study was published in the journal Neurology. It looked at the health data of over 500,000 British people. All right, now you have my attention. (laughs) 500,000 British people who did not have dementia. So this data set was particularly amazing because it included genetic history and risk profiles, especially for people who had those genetic variants you mentioned mm-hmm. before associated with dementia or they had a family member with dementia so that you know these are people who either have that genetic factor or they know someone directly related to them and so you know they could possibly be at a higher risk at the start of the study participants filled out questionnaires about their levels of physical activity everything from playing sports to climbing stairs walking whether they regularly walked or cycled to work even regular household chores were included in this questionnaire the participants were followed for 11 years. Yes. And, and the best part is just over 5,000 of those 500,000 people developed dementia in that time. So that, that means that the study was able to conclude that for participants who engaged in regular vigorous activity, such as playing sports or working out, the risk of developing dementia was reduced by 35%. And surprisingly, those people who reported regularly completing household chores also experienced a significant benefit. They had a 21% lower risk. So obviously household chores may not be as, well, you know, gold star as, as physical activity or exercise, but it's still bloody good for you apparently. It still counts, which yeah. is great because I've been doing housework all morning, so I'm feeling <laughs> immensely better at the your thought brain, of that. Your brain is buzzing, baby. Woo-hoo. So the extra good news is that the association between physical activity and a reduced risk of dementia extended to those participants who had a family history of dementia. Fantastic. Right? That, so if I you mean, are it, terrified. I was going to say, it is really it is really terrifying if you have, if you have witnessed someone go yes. through the the emotional, the physiological and the physical changes of dementia, someone that you love and that you're related to. So knowing that despite that family history, that there is still something that you can do to reduce your own personal risk is is huge. It's massive. It's massive. Uh, The second study was published in Neurology and it compiled 38 studies on meta-analysis to see which leisure activities were associated with a reduced reduced risk of dementia. So the study followed more than 2 million participants without right. dementia. <laughs> now we're Get talking, out baby. Of, get out of town. Get Look at these data town. sets. Two, more than 2 million participants without dementia over at least three years. And in that time, just under 75,000 of those developed dementia. And because of that massive study, uh, researchers were 
able to find the participants who exercised regularly, and that was everything from walking, running, swimming, dancing, participating in sports, or working out at the gym. Those participants had a 17% lower risk of developing dementia compared to those who did not. And dementia prevention is not limited to one activity or even one type of activity. So they recommend doing an activity that you like. Um, Any activity, whatever it is, is ultimately going to benefit you in the long term. The third study published in Science Direct is actually an Australian study. Longitudinal, long... I can never say that word, Sarah. Can you, you help did, me out? <laughs> Longitudinal. <laughs> Long, Longitudinal associations of childhood fitness and obesity profiles with midlife cognitive function. Oh, this is interesting. Very. So basically this study proved that it is never too early to start. The researchers followed more than 1,200 children aged between 7 and 15 for more than 30 years. Wow. Yes. Those with higher levels of fitness as children had higher levels of cognitive functioning in midlife. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we're goners, but, but you know, if you've got children and you're listening to this, yeah. basically they were concluding that... Let's establish- get outside and do some play. <laughs> yeah. Establishing a lifelong habit of physical activity could be beneficial for brain health was what they were able to kind of draw from from that very long-term study. Wow, fantastic. Mm. So not amazing? Yeah. So if you've, if you've, got, if you've got kiddos foster a you know a love of movement from an early age and if you weren't a a particularly active kid much like myself (laughs) um then you know i think these studies prove that the more physically active that we can be as we get older is going to have an enormous impact on the chances of us developing dementia and it's very likely through all of those mechanisms that we bang on about week in and week out by reducing blood pressure by improving your glycemic control, by improving your insulin sensitivity, by improving your, um, I think I said blood pressure already. Yeah. Anyway, you get the, you get the, you get well, it's the, true. I mean, yeah, just thinking about, just thinking about, yeah, that, that, that beautiful blood flow, you know, to all of your organs, your, mm. your brain is one of the most important parts, if not the, and most, the most important part. And the most metabolically active. So it requires Ooh. the most blood flow of any organ in your body. So if you, if there are issues with blood flow, then it makes sense that vascular dementia could be an issue ahead for you. Mm. And by looking after those blood vessels through, you know, lowering lipids, eating a healthy diet, being physically active, managing your managing your blood pressure. All of these things are going to mean that your chances of developing vascular dementia or all-cause dementia is uh, is going to be significantly reduced. Absolutely. And the best part about it, I think, for me is, you know, like if you're not into exercise, similar to Sarah and I, if you are an exercise sloth, is that, if that's a, a label that you would identify with, <laughs> A term that you would identify with. Um, a, hello, welcome. We love you. Um, yes. You're one of us. <laughs> um, you are you're in a safe place. You're in a very safe place. <laughs> but, you know, also, it, like, it doesn't have to be super intense. It can just be walking. It, it can just be constantly moving. It can be those household chores that you yep. you have to, you know, get done. Those general life items that you do that involve movement and physical activity. Um, but, you know, if you if you do feel the need to kind of set aside time for exercise for yourself, for your mental health, you know, for your physical health, and you, you know, you want to see improvements, then it can be something that you just really like to do. Like it doesn't have to be an awful hit session. You know, it doesn't no. have to be a type of physical activity that you You don't need to join a gym. Stand. No, you don't need to go running. You don't need to become a runner. You know, do marathons, anything like that. It can just be finding anything, any type of physical 
activity that you can stomach doing on a regular basis, it all counts. Yes. Um, and it will make a difference. And and I think that when you are struggling, as many of us exercise sloths do, if you are struggling with motivation, again, you know, stop thinking about exercise as a way to make your body look different. Yes. Start thinking about exercise as a way to to serve your brain so that you can continue to use your wonderful brain as as beautifully as you can in the years to come. For as long as you can. 100% yes. your beautiful, beautiful brain. That gorgeous I love thing your beautiful your brain. Oh, stop it. Stop gorgeous. it. Gorgeous. It's getting to that point in the episode. I love your it beautiful is. brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love how long I've been meaning to ask you about vascular dementia too. Like literally. <laughs> I know you have a, you, you have Aside from the uh, the actual <laughs> podcast recordings, I know that it has come up several times. Several times. Um, but it's um, and and look, it's it is it's a it's an awful thing to witness. But there are things that we can do to to help prevent it. Now, yes, yeah, yes, we can. Yes, we can make changes. Yes, you know, we can. That's the, big, that's the biggest thing. We don't have to just accept it as no. an inevitable, you know, part of getting old. Mm. And that's and that was one of the things that I, I I think is really important to remember is that dementia isn't a normal part of aging. Yes, I think we just assume it's inevitable, right? Exactly, but it doesn't have to be. The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Cavallari. Hey, I've got a favour to ask. Can you please subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com? It's uh, it's not a long read. I promise I will keep it brief. But we've always got some little extra tidbits um, that kind of relate to each week's episode. So, yeah, you can subscribe at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. Yes, please. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And, yeah, we need to take a little bit of a break for a few weeks. But then we will be back with more excellent reasons for you to uh to work towards becoming a little bit fitter and a little bit healthier with us yes have you uh, have you had any updates on the um on the vegetable size of your um future baby let me just have a quick look what are we this week we are a bunch of grapes a bunch of grapes a that's bunch of, i mean that's very non-specific yeah <laughs> Like, how big's your bunch of grapes? I don't know. Oh, you've, <laughs> but, got uh, a, you've got a lovely bunch of grapes, Gab. Uh, but yes, recent, uh, we've, we've been for the 20-week 20, 20 ultrasound and Woo-hoo. everything's tracking well. He's looking really good. He's a little bit big, but nothing major. You know, he's on the chart, so that, that matters. Uh, yeah, going okay. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> getting closer, getting bigger. Stomach has definitely popped. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> nothing fits. Uh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so ever since I moved to the Blue Mountains, I'm wearing a pair of tracky pants pretty much <laughs> nine out of ten days. Doctor so. and doctor up top, tracky yeah, pants down the exactly, bottom. Exactly, exactly. My, uh, my Ugg boots are getting a workout. So <laughs> forget fashion, focus on the beautiful human that you are creating in your womb. And, uh, and maybe if any amazing mums out there have some uh, recommendations for some 
Kick-Ass Maternity Wear. Yes, please. They can uh, shoot us a uh, shoot us an email at uh, women like you podcast at is it podcast? Yeah, hang on. Yeah, women like you podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> that one. That that's one. The, that's the one we do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we won't be back next week, but we will. Uh, I will speak with. I'll speak with you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> speak with you straight as, as soon as this is done. To be honest. honest. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll be back in a few weeks' time. Uh, yes. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.